So um, we were talking about soul heisting the other day, well, the other week on the podcast. And, uh, there's a an album I really like, actually, the fourth album by the band Eels called Soul Jacker, which could be about that. Do you, do you like the band Eels? I do not care for the band Eels, nor the creature Eels. <laughs> well, hello, shovels in the desert. Explain your reasoning. For, um, you know, the band Dis- I can forgive. Disgusting snakes. <laughs> Fishy snakes. F- it combines two things I hate, fish and the snake. A lot to unpack this week, obviously. <laughs> yeah, wow, starting with the knives drawn. Welcome to this, the Electronic Wireless Show podcast, episode 181. Uh, my name is Alice Bell. This is Rock Paper Shotgun's PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. Uh, although, unfortunately, I am going to sound bad this week for reasons I will explain in a moment. So I apologise for that in advance. We sound sound bad, bad, man, as says Pepe. Fish bigot <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> I enjoyed this week. By uh, Mother Brain. <laughs> oh, listen, I really struggled. I just, uh, yeah, a Mother Brain from Metroid. And Sados. <laughs> I'm very disappointed in your attitude, Matthew. Oh, you see, I read that as Sados. I thought you were just doing like a, I'm a real Sado, <laughs> and you were going to be like, Mum's make me feel sad or something. <laughs> <laughs> My mum's dead. I'm miserable <laughs> about it. Um, oh, that's better. I like. I prefer your actual riff. That's good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, first of all, uh, apologies for my sound because I am. Well, I've moved, so I'm in Ireland now. Uh, we were supposed to get all our stuff last week, which is why I wasn't here last week. We were going to be unpacking, but uh, we don't have any of our stuff. <laughs> Because all our stuff cleared customs, but some joker who was on the same truck, I guess, as us, in the same box, in the same container, did not clear customs. So all our stuff got as far as Limerick, and then the customs decided they didn't like this one lad's stuff. I'm choosing to believe he's trying to ship a load of heroin or something. And they took it all away. Did they tell it to you? Did they break the news to you in the form of a limerick? No, that would have been good though. I would. I don't know if limericks are named for the 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 city. That's, they but... all speak in limericks there. That's why it's called that. Famously, wow. yeah, and they all have shillelaghs as well. I'm sure. <laughs> I don't think the guy was trying to smuggle heroin. I was trying to. I think he was trying to take live snakes 
into Ireland, and they've got like a Hellboy, Hell, uh, Hellboy style sort of like secrets law enforcement division, but for the customs department where actual St. Patrick <laughs> is still alive and has a suit of like robot armor and just batters anyone who tries to get yeah. a snake into Ireland. Hellboy would be great at killing snakes with that big fist of his, just splatting them like whack a mole. I don't know, they move, they move quite fast. Have yeah, you his seen fist that? is huge. And there are some <laughs> sluggish snakes. Pythons are notably lazy animals. That's I'll true. This one. So yeah, Matthew, what, what's your beef with snakes? <laughs> well, you know, they bite you and kill you. Yep, all of them. Everything, everything f- snakes are famous for is bad. It's either biting and poisoning you, swallowing you whole, or doing that right. thing where they wrap around you and squeeze you to death. <laughs> um, I mean... You can say that many things bite you and kill you. Yeah, but they only do that. It's not like, oh, there's also a snake which sings a beautiful song. <laughs> do you know, like, <laughs> you know, you're just you're just playing Russian roulette here because like every every time you come up with a spurious example of something a snake can do, there's a big chance I can bring up a snake that can actually do it and you'll look like a child. There is no <laughs> way there is a snake that sings a, a beautiful song. Admittedly, there's not, but yes. keep testing me. There is the st- you've d- you never hear a uh, like story about like a really benevolent snake. Yes, you do. You ever heard of the egg eating snake? You fool. They uh, don't sound benevolent. Just the name doesn't. Yeah, sound I mean, great. <laughs> I just enjoy eggs. They've got no teeth, so they can't bite you. Yeah, but they're, they're, the cute thing they do is still eat someone else's unborn young. And actually, in fairness, it gets less cute when you find out they do have teeth on the inside of their spine and they swallow the egg whole and then right. just sort of flex their abs. Like I say. And it snakes. cracks the egg. Snakes are horrible. There's a reason they picked Snake as the OG bad guy in the Bible. Do you know that's how Henry Cavill eats eggs, though? He swallows <laughs> whole ostrich eggs, he unhinges his jaw, and then he just flexes his incredible abs and it just cracks <laughs> the egg inside him and he absorbs the nutrients before shit. Out a perfect Witcher medallion made of calcium. <laughs> Doesn't sound good. Have you heard of the game Room of a Thousand Snakes? Oh, it sounds awful. No, no, it's great. It's it's by Ben Esposito. You can't actually play it anymore, but you can watch a video of it. It's really good. And you go. <laughs> the title better not be a metaphor. No, it's you you start the game and I'll I'll put a video in the show notes. But you start the game and then you're in like a a sort of inside a temple and there are like pipes like or like round round like circular openings in in the walls. It's quite Indiana Jones vibe and you press the button and then Bittersweet Symphony by the <laughs> starts playing. That was unexpected. <laughs> and then and then gradually, uh, louder and louder, and then you you start to see like dust coming out of the the openings in the wall, and then a, a crescendo in the song, just thousands of snakes explode out of them. Now, listen, I don't want to doubt you, but you sure this isn't a nightmare you had? I mean, are you sure it's a nightmare? It isn't a nightmare that you had and then told to me. <laughs> that it, it would have been a beautiful dream if I'd had it. So no, it's really a, good. If there was a snake which actually emitted a bittersweet symphony, that that would be a, a nice sounding snake. I'll get to work. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I haven't had TV for two weeks now. Oh, TV's yeah. gotten really good in the last two weeks. 
Oh, don't tell me that. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but but we live on an estuary, so instead I've just got well into boats. <laughs> oh, yeah. like big shipping boats come past all the time. There's a ferry that goes between Ireland and Belgium every few days as well. That's one of my mates. Oh, dear. But, yeah, I know, yeah. Got to the boat befriending stage of the madness. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, there's a good also- app Ashley has that can tell you the names and like registries and everything of all the boats. The vessel near. finder, yeah, I'm all over it. <laughs> Am I allowed to use that as my recommendation at the end of the episode? Well, I mean, I was, but... <laughs> oh, bollocks. Okay. Well, you know. <laughs> Although, thank you once again for, for showing the listener how how far ahead of time you prepare your recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> I just do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was uh, it was my birthday at the weekend. Oh, happy birthday! Uh, thank you. What uh, did you get? Uh, loads of uh, Japanese crime novels. Catherine has this incredible gift for finding Japanese books in translation that I haven't heard of, and I keep thinking, "Well, I've done it now. Like this is everything there is." You know, we 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 we've proper gone into all the second-hand sites and things to, mm. to, to buy things from, you know, that were printed in America, not necessarily here. And, um, yeah, she just found, like, like a whole label, which I, I'd never heard of, that had gone, like, defunct a few years ago and um, bought me a big pile of them. So, yeah, I'm over the moon. It's like discovering, like, a secret part of your hobby that you didn't know about. What a thrill. Happy birthday. Wow. Thanks. Um, but what the reason I, I bring it up is you were saying that, uh, you know, I don't do anything, so I have got no recommendations. And, like, we had all my family over, so there were, like, 13 of us packed into our tiny living room. And it is that over the last two years, because just no one has done anything or achieved anything, like, nothing has changed. It's amazing how fast a conversation, like, just 13 people staring at each other with nothing to say. It's... Um, yeah, it's kind of embarrassing. We've actually, lost I'll the art of conversation. I say um, I do nothing. We we actually we have actually had quite a dramatic week. Every Easter at Tally's nursery, they hatch chicks, uh, so the kids can like learn about how bird is formed. And uh, usually at the weekends, the staff take them home, but there's no one prepared to do it. So we volunteered. Never again. <laughs> They are little Satans. Like, I've said on Nate Files before how now, like, you know, scientists and biology nerds refer to uh, birds as non-avian dinosaurs, and that couldn't be more bloody true. It's, you know, the the original Jurassic Park where, like, Muldoon's always giving the raptors side eye. Being yeah. like, well, I think one of them smuggled a handgun in there. They're horrible to each other. I saw one flush another one's head down the toilet. I don't trust them. And it's exactly the same vibe with chicks. They're just bullies. And there was... So the children, being children, had named them all after like edible chicken products, which I think does harm the dignity of the animals. Mm. Um, <laughs> well, okay, but I mean... What kind the, of chick were they? Chicken? Are they hens? Because yeah. hens have no dig- hens have no dignity, so that's fine. Well, they do when you look into their eyes and see a killer spirit. Um, <laughs> one of them was born called. It took ages to get out of the egg, and it was massive, and like seemed like it might have had brain damage or something. And it was called Goujon. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> it just had like really patchy fluff and it was just humongous and all the other chicks like were just constantly battering it and I was really angry with them and then there were there were there were four chicks there was Goujon then there was uh uh what was his name oh Popcorn who like had a black streak down his back and then there were two that were first to be born called Popcorn and Phil which were tiny (laughs) and like really light yellow Right, so that's our cast of characters, and they were all beasting Goujon. I thought, he's not going to make it. And then I came down early to get myself a coffee one morning, checked on them. They're all fine. Had my coffee, went down for another one. Phil and Popcorn were just lying face down, dead. <laughs> oh. And Goujon was staring at me. <laughs> oh, my God. What? So, What's we, the end I was game really with these upset chicks? About it. I actually got, like, really, really upset, and... Goujon, who I didn't expect to survive, by the time we gave them back with great relief, he was just like twice the size he had been and was just like lording it over popcorn. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just the dynamics, the vibes in that box, completely satanic. So glad to be rid of them. I, I wouldn't, that just seems like a dangerous thing because birds can die so easily. They're amazing like at a- it. Do they keep? What do they do with the chicks? Like, when do they get rid of them? Presumably, they don't keep them until they're full-grown chickens. Cause that's going to be a nightmare. No, I think there's like a local, you know, like those sort of like non-working farms where they're just to have a look round and for kids to enjoy looking at cows and that. Yeah, mm. I think they go there. Yeah, it was very funny. Like within the first night we got them, within about an hour, I was genuinely considering going vegan because I was so soppy over them. And then by Monday morning, I was like, yes, I must consume more chicken. These things are devils. You're just going to keep eating in the hope that one day you are eating Goujon. You wouldn't know, but the satisfaction of finally bringing him down. I don't know. I mean, you could, the narrative you could form was that Goujon had taken revenge on his bullies and was going to grow up to be like a chicken of steel. But I don't know. You kind of respect Goujon. Yeah, I respect and fear him. If Goujon yes, was like yeah. the size of a VW camper van, he'd be horror incarnate. <laughs> that nothing, I, I honestly think nothing can convince you of the futility of vegetarianism more than owning hens. When I was a kid, we had some hens and they are evil. They were, they, they were horrible to each other. And it wasn't like we could, they were free range in our garden and it was quite a big garden, but they still were horrible to each other. And they also would try and get hold of frogs and tear them apart. And uh, they are just like tiny velociraptors. Yeah, they're just straight up bad animals. Yeah. Uh, goujons. Uh, what exactly is a goujon? I think it's like a chicken, a chicken, right? It's a strip, isn't it? A chicken strip. Is it? It's is like it, a fancy name. Is it just a chicken nugget with ideas above its station? It's like a stretch nugget. It's a, it's a chicken stripper that you'd get from Domino's, but with ideas above its station, basically. Okay, interesting. Right. <laughs> Why? <laughs> no, I just I was just thinking, every time you said Goujon, I was like, do I actually know what a Goujon is? I think there was this big thing in the 90s to like come up with classier words for sort of pub food staples, which is where we got medallions of pork from, which is a ridiculous phrase, because it just makes me think of some sort of like, 
you know, stereotypical like eighties military coup dictator grinning with a chest of right little pork slices, or like flavor flavor instead of a clock. It's a bit <laughs> now that's like incredible. The medal no one wants to win at the Olympics: <laughs> gold, silver, bronze, and pork. <laughs> well, you fell on your ass in the sprint. It's the pork medallion for you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was taking a drink of my tea there and I missed an opportune moment for a segue, but I don't know how I'd segue from... Well, I guess only, you know, an athlete that pathetic, only a mother could be proud of. There you go. <laughs> so this week, yeah, we are doing the, the best mums in games and it was going to be last week because it was Mother's Day in the UK on uh, Sunday. But then I was away moving, but I thought we'd just do it this week. This is the equivalent of sending your mum a Mother's Day card two weeks late because you forgot. Yeah, there you go. Sorted. Uh, and there are a lot of mums in games. I wrote about uh, how I wanted there to be sad murder mum games because there, there, there was a good run of sad murder dad games like Kratos. He's a good sad murder dad. Uh. But there aren't any... Like mums in games are either like amazing perfect uh unattainable and dead or they are like monsters <laughs> so, yeah yeah they get monster quite relentlessly don't they but i thought it'd be good to talk about some of our, our favorite murder mums and i was actually gonna raise glados is glados a mum in portal I don't know. I can't honestly remember if canonically she is, but she's got like such mum energy. <laughs> but like in an archetypical way, like the sort of, you know, the sort of 1950s American Stepford Wives sort of mum, where yeah. there's, you know, they're very pristine, but also very, very frightening and deeply screwed up. That, that kind of mum energy. Yeah. Because <clears throat> I suppose. Because she's not, she's an AI and she doesn't appear to have any sort of motherly, any sort of parental, you know, feelings towards anyone. But then, then it maybe in the second one, you know, you become pals and stuff. What do you think, Matthew? She, is yeah, she's kind of, she's sort of deceitful, isn't she, in the second one? You think Kinda. she's, you know, you think she's, she's with you, but she's, she's still bad. Yeah, she has got like mega strict mum energy. It's kind of like. Prissy mum who's very sort of house proud who goes mad about mm. the house and it's like the yeah like the scary mum of one of your friends like everyone's got a friend when they're a kid when they don't really want to go to their house because of their mum yeah um that That's may true. have been my house <laughs> uh obviously you know i adore my mother she's very nice um but my friends were definitely scared of my mum growing up they one of my friends they used to call her cruella deville because they thought she drove like cruella deville you know in the cartoon where she's like manically leaning over the wheel (laughs) i thought you're gonna say because she'd like butchered loads of dogs (laughs) oh actually we weren't a big dog house (laughs) <laughs> my my general distrust and dislike of dogs all stems from my mum for sure because um, oh. I was raised that way I was raised not to like them so yeah maybe there's some truth in it I, I love how this podcast like has a, a long burn sort of literary fiction reveal of Matthew's origins <laughs> it's like one of those you know collect and keep magazines where you get a bit of a T-Rex skeleton every every week but we get 
yeah, a bit of the explanation of Matthew every mm. time. Yeah. Well, like in the in the episode of Criminal Minds about Matthew, they'll it'll be like Penelope Garcia will find out that your mum hated dogs. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> side note on Cruella Deville: How do you feel about Disney trying to sort of create a more psychologically deeper backstory with the origin story films do you think that's dumb oh i heard about it because i haven't seen cruella but is it like i don't they understand sort of, it they sort of sell her as sort of sort of disgruntled girl boss so she's kind of it's like empowering but she does end up wanting to like murder dogs she girl boss too close to the sun she basically girl boss too close to the sun yeah <laughs> i don't i don't understand <laughs> i don't understand it. i think it <laughs> it works for Maleficent because because that I think that kind of well, works. She's just born with like see... scary horns, right? That's her whole deal. And wings and that, and you know, yeah, that's just a hard, like, that's a hard sell. Um, her boyfriend cuts off her wings, and that's an allegory and whatever. Um, and <laughs> but I if think you that are known works. for the fact that you like desired to murder dogs, yeah, no, hard... if that is the central pillar of your character. There's <laughs> no amount of reinventing that can get around that. It's hard to work backwards from that, isn't like, it? <laughs> I'm, I have seen the film, and I'm pretty sure Dalmatians kill her mum in it. Um, but I, I saw it being memed so hard that now I don't know if that's just a made-up thing that became a meme or if it's actually true. Even though I've seen the film, <laughs> the internet has made so much, had such fun with it. I don't, I just don't know what's real anymore. <laughs> I my favorite thing at the moment is people dunking on Morbius by pretending they really like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that is a that's a pleasure. <laughs> Just people saying like they really like Morbius and you know like hashtag Morbius Nation and that you know and then people just saying I wanted Morbius. <laughs> Did you see the thing on April the first where someone? did one of those fake tweets of a news story about Martin Scorsese like apologizing unreservedly for his comics uh, comments about comic book yeah. movies because he'd seen Morbius. And one of the guys in Morbius Instagrammed it and was like, wow, what incredible praise. I know, yeah, <laughs> oh, I did. Poor Morbius, oh, guys. <laughs> Not poor Morbius, guys. Bloody, it couldn't have happened to a better fellow than Jared Leto. There was a uh, there was another tweet doing around of some guy who he'd gone to see Morbius and it was just him and some other bloke who he tried to surreptitiously take a photograph of on his mobile phone, but his flash had been on. So he's got this picture of this really like startled lone man in a cinema <laughs> lit up by a flash, and it has got like huge vampire energy to it. It looks I, like he like. <laughs> I hate to tell you that's actually from years ago. That's one of those recycled memes. Oh, is that a recycled meme? Yeah. Oh, the internet is, is like it's an it's enemy the, of reason. It's the cavern of lies. It really, it really is. Genuinely is. I can't <laughs> believe I fell for a tired meme. <laughs> God damn it! But no, I've been I've been enjoying that. Everyone keep doing that. That was good. But no, mums, more mums, um, mums. Uh, how do we feel about the mum that made like the little sisters in Bioshock? Oh, Doctor Dr. Tenenbaum, who like on the surface mother. is is like bad because of the whole little sisters thing. But also, if you're nice to the little sisters, she's encouraging it. You know, so she kind of feels yeah. a bit bad about the whole. 
experimenting on kids thing. That's nice Good that she came bad around to, to <laughs> <laughs> Good or bad? She implanted like some weird genetic slug things in the stomachs of uh, little that's girls. Ba- that's but bad mum. That bad mum. But, but she does give she you. A, she, does, she does give you gifts for saving them. Good mum. Good mum. <laughs> mm. What's her relationship with the large fathers? The large fathers were made to protect the little sisters. They're like the big. Um, they're more like big brothers than big daddies. I yeah. I think that's the case. Yeah, because mm. it's it's not like she's their big wife. Yeah. Yeah. True. These are my in- yeah. These are my husbands. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh. Weirdest polycule ever. Because <laughs> in the second one, they have um, bit the big sisters, aren't they? Who I actually find a lot harder to deal with than big daddies because big sisters move around a lot. Mm. Oh, yeah, very everywhere. stressful. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's I a, think a, on- a conflicted mother character. But this is what I mean. Like, video games love mummies to be monsters. Because I suppose, you know, everyone likes them. Well, like, the pop culture consciousness is that a mum is good. And then, so if you make a mum f*** up, that's real scary. (laughs) It is true that I would say mums are largely evil mums in games. And then, you know, you get that later wave of when all the kind of heads of studios start having kids of their own and then they start having like yeah. dad feelings and now we're inundated with powerful dads. Um, but yeah. mums really haven't gone through that. Well, here's an unusual mum for you. Um, the Empress in Bioshock, not Bioshock, we just talked about that. Um, <laughs> the other one, Dishonored, um, ah. who of course becomes the telltale heart that you carry around with you to give you interesting little tidbits of lore about NPCs. Like she's genuinely like a powerful woman, but not in a, she's badass and she's got a sword, which is just genuinely a really interesting, complex, powerful character who does die a horrible death, but doesn't then vanish from the narrative and just become a motivation. Oh, that is, mm. that is so like a, a, a mum who yeah. just sort of passes judgment on everyone secretly to you. So I don't know if your parents do this, but like when you're driving your car and your mum's like, oh, look at that person or, <laughs> or like terrible hat that woman's wearing. Like that basically in real life is the version of that heart from Dishonored. <laughs> Agreed, yeah. We, like we have that. about everyone in the village. <laughs> mum, yeah, that heart. I've never really made that connection. That is, that is like a mum through and through. We had one of those hearts and it was like um, PR tat. In the office, it was a um, a stress ball, uh, and so uh, yeah, and so we would point it at each other and squeeze it, and then say horrible insults. <laughs> Amazing! Uh, that is that's a that's a classic bit of office banter. Office banter uh, that would get you sent to HR now. <laughs> yeah, well, it was before it was in my old job before I worked in a proper office with proper HR, so. Oh, yeah, that was good. Good banter. Brand oh, that's, to... That's, that's a classic bit. <laughs> well, no, she, that's a good, good mum. That's a good uh, uh, thematic mum. I didn't like it as much in Dishonored 2, though, because it, it felt less pre- 
it felt less unpredictable, but more predictable. What like because like if it was just like a servant, the heart would only say nice things about them, and then the guards would have evil thing. You know, the the bad guys would all be really bad. You know, and the, the yeah. nice civilians would all be really oh, nice. It's a bit, it's a bit virtue signaling, isn't it? That heart in Dishonored Two. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's just it's just trying to get the obvious uh, Twitter likes. You're like, oh, can it? Heart. Bloody so he it and he says, it's me, Blorco. And you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've heard it all before, mate. <laughs> Ted Lasso, heart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she never got Ted Lasso. We'll get we'll get emails. <laughs> what Ted, is Ted Lasso's Lasso? fine. Um, it's an Apple TV series about a uh, football team, Richmond Athletic, I think they're called, a fictional football team in London, who get a new manager who is a kindly Southern uh, American football coach played by Jason Sudeikis. And uh, I thought the first series was fine, but it got a lot of... uh, social media clout for being wholesome and I I feel personally the second series was written almost entirely in vignettes that they wanted to be screen capped on Twitter (laughs) that's my take on Ted Lasso interesting it's a com it's a comedy with no jokes but it gets by because it's nice and like it so it's kind of a I, I wrote I tweeted about it saying like it's kind of amazing this this comedy like absolutely fails like as a, you know, as a genre piece, but it kind of gets by because it's so charming or whatever. And then it got liked by Ted Lasso himself, old Jason Sudeikis. And oh God. this happened. This happened on Christmas. <laughs> I what are you doing, on Christmas. <laughs> he, yeah, Jason Sudeikis liked my tweet, and then I was <laughs> genuinely worried for about twenty four hours that I'd been incredibly rude to him by being like snarky, or it's like, does he not understand that I was being a bit down on it? And it genuinely caused me like some grief. I was like, should I delete the tweet? I was like, oh no. It, it's like when you're really angry and you're rude to someone and they're kind to you and you just feel completely deflated. He did that nah, to me man. on Twitter. Or his, nah, like, his assistant did anyway. <laughs> that's, he probably that's his just problem what he was going for. Yeah. Well, I don't he, know. Shouldn't have been, he shouldn't have been Twitter searching for Ted Lasso on Christmas Day. Like, yeah, that's not. Yeah, he's not even name searching himself on Christmas Day. He's name searching a character he plays on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day, haven't you got better things to be doing? Now that beast never sleeps. Maybe that was uh, during the time that he was going through the divorce because his wife left him for Harry Styles. Oh, it's got to be rough. Is that true, IRL? <laughs> it's yeah, absolutely true, IRL. Yeah, his adult wife left him for Pixie Harry Styles. So, like, sorry. If- if you're listening, Jason Sudeikis, sorry for insulting Ted Lasso, and I hope you're doing all right. <laughs> I do like it. It's, I do. I, I I like it enough. You know, it's very sweet and gentle and easy to watch. Um, but you did cause me some grief that Christmas day. No mums in Ted Lasso. So no. I've got I got a I got a fun mum. <clears throat> Go on then. Uh, Samara in Mass Effect Two. Ah, good mum, bad mum. <laughs> well, kind of. I say good mum. She's good mum, but like bad, bad mum by sort of necessity. In yeah. that, her whole deal is she she's an Asari, and the Asari have this condition where every once in a while one of their kids comes out and has a sort of um, a gene mutation, which means they kill whoever they mate with. And uh, two of her kids basically go into a monastery, 
Um, so not to like mess mess up and murder people. It's, the other one goes on like a big sort of shagging kill fest. <laughs> it's such a like sci-fi video game premise. <laughs> like she is to hunt down her incredibly horny daughter to, to basically kill her daughter because she's off on serial killing around the galaxy. <laughs> but she has to do it because that's like she's part of she's a, a justica or whatever it is it's like a yeah she's part of like a sect and the rules of the sect are that she's like duty bound to hunt down and kill her daughters where it gets murky is in mass effect 3 the monastery gets like destroyed and so by the rules she has to kill like the the, the chaste daughters because they're no longer kind of locked away in the monastery and that's a real that's a real bummer <laughs> you could because you can also kind of like you can choose to side with the horny serial killer daughter yeah because uh, you you basically just need someone with those set of you know game abilities yeah, on your you, team you, so you can have yeah if you if you hide with that but doesn't i think the daughter like she sort of kills her mum and then disguises herself as her. I think that's how they kind of get around that. So it looks like the same character, I think, is the deal. Uh, I don't know. I sided with the mum because, you yeah. know, I'm quite sort of puritanical in that way. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but it's, so she's, I, she's a, I'd say she's a classic good mum, bad mum. Tough break yeah. for Samara, I think. Yeah. I can't remember what the name of the the horny Morin. serial killer yeah, but I can't remember what the condition is. It's something like oh, um, it's something stupid. Bonitis, but not the kind in Futurama. <laughs> it's something sci-fi stupid. Like she is a soul shrieker or something, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Oh, I think it's a bit like... more. Ju- I think it's a bit more Juni than that. I think it's a bit more kind of um, gom jabbery. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That sounds like something like an old man in June would complain about. Now, stop with all this gom jabbery. <laughs> Put your silly box away. <laughs> we'll have no Kwisatz Haderachs here. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm going to find out what this thing is, because you're right. It's a, it's a funny... It's a funny word. My, my brother um, uh, has got well into June. Ardat Yakshi. Here you go. I wonder what the literal translation of that would be, because it doesn't hint at the mm. kill people with your sexy trouble. Kind of. Yeah, but that's um, yeah, so that's a tough, that's a tough lot. Tough gig. Yeah, uh, I'm struggling. There's, There's that Dragon cow Age... thing off of um, that game. Oh, you know, come on, the one with the flower that's bad and the fourth wall and everything. What's it called? Pixels, oh. the skeletons. Everyone loves them. Undertale. <laughs> yeah, that. God. <laughs> you can tell one of my faves. <laughs> you should do a. Uh, uh, you should do an, like a, a game description equivalent of Wordle or Hurdle or Framed that film one they do. Where with each clue you get a slightly better description of the game that you've come up with. So you start with the most abstract one. We well, yeah, I play that every day. It's called my memory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's just the flower that's bad in the fourth wall and everything. Um, Who's the mum in Undertale? Yeah. Is it that goat? I thought it was yeah, like I a guess. cow thing. It's some sort of beast man. 
basementless species, obviously. It's a, a beast, beast mum. No, it's the nice one. She is like a, she's some sort of cow goat thing at the start. She looks after you and then you like have to kill her. Or not. You can reload, I think. And then, and that's when the plant tell, it was like, I know you saved scummed or whatever. And that's when you're like, oh, the fourth wall. <laughs> <laughs> she got ears. Like, I'll give her that. I, I sense that as a podcast, we're not that sold on Undertale. <laughs> it's actually, to be honest, I thought what it was doing was quite interesting and stuff. I'm just, I just have a very low attention span and I don't like sitting through screens of dialogue, even if it's really well written. Like the whole thing of just keeping clicking to make a, a, a row of text slowly knit itself together at the bottom of the screen before clicking to get another one while looking at the same portrait of a character again and again and again just longs me out that's that's genuinely at the root of my lot of aversion to to jrpgs and stuff Mm. um i just don't like looking at the same pictures of people while reading subtitles (laughs) wow interesting how do you deal with like films (laughs) Well, the pictures move, you see, Alice. All oh, right, yeah. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that's that's legit. Um, I've got some more mums. Uh, send in the mums. Send in the mums. Um, Freya <laughs> in God of War. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Good, good shout. Because she she's a she's a good mum, but over mums and drives her poor boy insane. Um, <laughs> Which is, you know, I guess, sort of slight spoiler for God of War. I um, like the the good mum, bad mum uh, grading that has evolved. Yeah, I think she it. she just like she's classically like overprotect. She's the classic overprotective mother, isn't she? Yeah. In that she like dooms dooms her child to be a real a real weirdo with her coddling. We should have yeah, a I've... sort of a mum spectrum, you know, like those things like separated into four quadrants. Oh yeah. Okay. So like good mum, bad mum, protective to neglectful. Mm. Yeah. Actually that would be a good challenge for the Discord. Can you make a I suppose a maternal matrix <laughs> and place all the mums we've discussed? I'd say Freya yeah, Freya is good and protective. I don't think she's fundamentally evil. But she's too protective, right? Which Yeah. Cause she yeah. She's, I, I really liked that whole bit, though. I thought that was very good. Because one that I remember previewing God of War when it was on PlayStation before I went to RPS, and that guy, that bad guy turns up, and I was very confident, and he was like, I bet that's Loki. It's definitely Loki. And of course, uh, that is incorrect. <laughs> yeah. I I, I don't think I'm, I was being dense, so I was like genuinely surprised by some of the plot revelations in that game. Like, I didn't make the yeah, connection yeah. between the, the Freya character and everything else so maybe that's just because i'm not very hot on my norse mythology but um yeah i was like oh well oh. you know normally this <laughs> stuff is uh you know the, you can see it a mile off but that was mm. good um i thought it was very good there's a lot of there's a lot of mum stuff in horizon zero dawn yeah i was gonna yeah. bring that, that up but then i feel like i'm always the horizon zero dawn guy so i'm glad you've brought it up because like Aside from that, from you know Aloy and her sort of mum, whatever's going on with that, you have you know everyone is is uh, in the opening area anyway. That they they're all kind of uh, 
enraptured by the All Mother, which is like their kind of god. But it's it's like well, they're not entirely wrong, are they? Mm. Yeah, but yeah, again, it's very hard to talk about that one without massively spoiling it. Has everyone played Horizon by this point? Let's assume yes. Horizon Zero Dawn spoilers. Yeah, from yeah. this point. Because there, it's it's basically, like, and I think I got this right. That's like the the all mother is is sort of like AI security system for like a nearby science facility. So they basically, it's like, um, what's that Amazon thing? Alexa. <laughs> it's like if you heard Alexa in the future and you're a primitive society, you'd think it was a god, and they think it's like the mother that created them all because it has a female voice. It sort of is because it's connected with the AI that is sort of keeping the earth going and has made all of the beasts and that, which is definitely presented in a very maternal way and is tied in with Aloy's mum, who is herself. (laughs) That's a weird one, isn't it? I can't believe I go so hard on roasting Metal Gear Solid for being incomprehensible. It's just like reciting back the plot of Horizon Zero Dawn. It sounds absolutely barking. (laughs) It's good though. It's the best it's bit of that game. It's the reason wicked, that like, I yeah. eventually warmed to the game was like I, I got really into all that. You know, I, yeah, it's I, such a slow burner as well because there's just no indication that any of that is happening for like the first eight hours of the game, which I think is is great. Like because you could have so easily been heavy-handed with it in the narrative early on, but I think what they've done with the writing of that game is genuinely taken advantage of the medium because they know that you're going to be playing for like 18 hours or whatever. So they really, Mm. really do a slow drip. Like I think a lot of games like try to mirror the act structure of a film, Mm. which is, which is cool, but doesn't take into account for the fact it's so much longer and involves so much more random going off to just like punish a load of pigs for nothing (laughs) in between plot points. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's enough of a hook that like I'm I'm playing the second one sort of on and off at the moment, um, and like I love. Oh, don't what they tell did. me anything about it. Though, no, I won't. I, but I was haven't. just saying I love I love what they did so much with the kind of the interplay of the the kind of decisions made in the past and the ramifications in the future that like just the promise of a bit more of that is is enough to kind of drag me through you know you're kind of you're waiting for the next weird kind of mm. past future connection element and because they've established that they're good at doing it you're always anticipating them doing it again and it's quite a good motivator for like moments where you're you know you are off punishing pigs you're like well I don't mind doing this cuz I know that I know this is good <laughs> This good stuff's coming. I know there's going to be some tasty lore in here somewhere. It's interesting. My one reservation about the next uh, about Horizon Two is like, yeah, how how do they structure the story when you know all of the stuff that's revealed in the first one going in? Mm. So that's that's interesting. Yeah, it's good. It's done a good job. I hope they bring it to PC because it's. Uh, I think they've built on it quite in quite a sophisticated way, actually. So we shall see. Mm-hmm. I think it's about time that we head now into the cavern of lies i'll get my mug the cavern of lies uh slightly different cavern this week this week it's the cavern of baby shower uh so this is it so you've entered into like a a 
an American home, one of those like impossibly spacious detached homes. It's all like kind of cream and and yellow. Uh, Is it kind of like the and, show home in Arrested Development? Yeah, let's say that. But it's decorated uh, for a baby shower because I this week went to it was like 42 fun games for baby shower so it's not video games but it's games um and the, i picked some of the most uh deranged suggestions for games to play at a baby shower one of them i've made up and the others are all real oh okay oh it's gonna be a doozy <laughs> all right first of all pin the pacifier on the baby Everyone loves Pin the Tail on the Donkey, and this is a fun version of it that you can play in a baby shower with your best friends, or a co-ed party if you know everyone real well. It's sure to get everyone laughing, so it's a great icebreaker. Uh, What you need, tape, a blindfold, pictures of pacifiers in different colours, a printer, a pregnant belly. Before the party, print out some colourful pictures of pacifiers and cut them out. Make enough so that every guest has a pacifier. Add a loop of of tape to the back of each. Mm -hmm. Oh, like a little... Okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Have guests put on the blindfold and carefully, brackets, exclamation mark, carefully approach your bump with a pacifier and stick it on. The person who gets closest to the baby's head wins. Now, either Alice just completely gave the game away on that one or pulled the biggest Cavern of Lies blinder of all time by pretending not to understand (laughs) one of the instructions. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, that is that is either the, it's a total bust or the greatest deceit I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm willing to bet that one's real. Number two, my water broke, exclamation mark. This is a classic and for good reason. It's a fun baby shower game that's easy enough to pull off and gets everyone at the party involved, brackets, and brings out people's competitive streaks. What you need, tiny plastic baby dolls, one for each guest, and an ice cube tray or other small containers. Before the party, put a plastic baby into each cube, then fill with water and freeze. How to play. Give each guest a drink with a baby-filled ice cube in it. The object of this baby shower game is to melt the ice and get the plastic baby out in whatever way guests can think of. Whoever gets their baby out first shouts, My water broke! and is the winner. <laughs> this has I don't a fun, like that one bit. This has a fun addition that uh, none of the others do, which is a real guest's say... It was fun to watch the ladies chisel their way to their water breaking. But hint, don't allow hot beverage on the table during the game. People can be sly. That's from Joyce D. Oh, man. Joyce D just slipping in a warning about human nature there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lesson to teach your baby when it's first born as well. Trust me. Uh, Uh, number three, blind diaper changing challenge. As the modern saying goes, quote, real men change diapers, quote, that well-known saying. Mm-hmm. I guess that's on you're my always, family crest, yeah. You're always <laughs> hearing people say that. So put the skills of your co-ed crew to the test in this fast-paced and funny baby shower diaper game. What you need, two life-size baby dolls, two blindfolds, and one diaper for each guest, plus two extras. Before the party, place a diaper on each doll. How to play. Have guests separate into teams. Each team gets a doll, blindfold, and diapers. The first person in line for each team must put the blindfold on, remove the diaper on the doll, and replace it with a new one. After the first team members are done, the next person in line goes, and so on. The first team to finish wins. Oh. Hearing this stuff so gives detailed, me the same Alice. frustration as, like, the good <laughs> juggalos. 
It's like how how you know you ever meant to to get by when you know other kid havers like this exist, giving you a rep. Bloody hell! Are we on number four? Number four, the animal gestation game. Oh come on! Oh come on! <laughs> Nate, Nate. If you're, <laughs> if, if you're hosting a baby shower that's all about animals, you'll need some jungle themed baby shower games. I love already how many things are implied by that sentence but this pick which tests guests knowledge of the animal kingdom is super cute uh what you need paper pens or pencils before the party list a slew of animals down the left side of a sheet of paper and the average number of days that they're pregnant on the right side oh. but not in the same order make a copy of each guest ask guests to pay each animal with a length of just with a length of gestation whoever matches the most correctly wins no way absolutely not <laughs> Yeah, no, you just wanted to tease like a a, a little facto out of me. Does people know that word gestation does not appear in this party game book? What's 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 the longest animal gestation period, Nate? It's uh the Indian elephant at two years. God imagine. Okay, uh, finally oh, That's wild. Fi- finally. Guess the candy bar. The guess the candy bar shower game is Renown, I think that should be renowned. Some people love it, some people would rather pass. Either way, it's probably one of the funniest baby shower games ever conceived. Little joke there. I don't Mm -hmm. know if they meant that to be a joke. What you need diapers, a variety of mini chocolate bars, and pen and paper for each guest. Before the party, melt different kinds of mini chocolate bar and pour one kind on each of the diapers. (laughs) How you play, have guests sniff or even dip a finger to taste the chocolates and guess which kind is on each diaper. The winner is whoever guesses the most chocolates correctly. Weird a little bit, but then again, who can resist the power of chocolate? Oh, man. I thought the gestation one was the fake one, but the idea of, like, mums gathering to pretend to eat shit. (laughs) I just don't know, man. (laughs) See, I think the gestation one was an example of the classic advanced technique in Cavern of Lies known as reverse night bait. (laughs) The word gestation is just the language so far in these other games has been so kind of aimed at a particular audience. The word gestation is such a serious word. Yeah, because they could have said pregnancy, couldn't they? I don't know. I, I have big. I mean, if it's not gestation, I think you've done an absolutely incredible job disguising this. Um, okay, do you want to? I'll go through them again. Uh, pin the pacifier on the baby. My water broke! Exclamation mark. Blind diaper changing challenge. The animal gestation game, or guess the candy bar. Find <laughs> the water, but it's, it's it... that's unhinged. That one. Are people in the mindset as well with the water breaking to like make jokes about that? Isn't that like serious business? <sighs> I don't know. I should say like baby showers, at least in this form, are not a thing in the UK. So this, yeah. If you're on, a, if you're a listener, where it is. This is this is all kind of unhinged to us. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I think it's going to be one of the two scatological ones. Let's just remind ourselves the Cavern of Lies commandments. Yeah, like if there's two on one theme, one of them's got to be a fake. I mean, that has been true. That's definitely true when I do it because I've not got a very good imagination. But <laughs> Alice, on the other hand, has. I, I'm so I'm sticking with gestation. 
Well, Alice's turn on Cavern of Lies increasingly feeling like that moment in a movie about fighter fight pilots where they realise they're in the air with the enemy ace. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, really anxiety-inducing. I'm imagining the music from Dunkirk now. Tom Hardy panics and tries to guess which baby shower fact is fake. Um, oh. <laughs> or a German pilot will strafe him along the beach with machine gun fire have you seen that i must have sent this to you there's an edit where it's the bit in dunkirk where um uh kenneth branner is looking through binoculars and then he he puts them down and <laughs> and his mate is like what do you see and he's like home but then it smash cuts to <laughs> the boats arriving in mamma mia here we go again <laughs> I'll put that in the show notes because it's really good. It's the it's a it's a perfect edit. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I am. Um, oh, this is entirely just gut feeling. I think the the final one, the chocolate bars, because it, it it just felt less naturally mad than the others. Just very slightly more forced, <laughs> but. That's all I've got. That's the only gust of wind Gandalf consents in this particular Moria. Interesting. Okay. Gestation right. for me. All right. Well, you can you can hear the motor of an approaching World War One German <laughs> <laughs> German aircraft, uh, and it flies past and strafes the house, cushions exploding, feathers in the air, and I'm afraid it got you both. Oh, no! The Red it Baron was, has seen to us. It was pinned the pacifier on the baby. Oh, the first one. oh wow. Yeah, I wrote add a leaf of tape, and then I pretended to be confused by it. <laughs> oh, my God. This is... Yet again, Cavern of Lies has jumped up a level. My I even called out saying, well, that that would have required too much skill for a human. Um, that's truly unbelievable. I'm yes. upset. Uh. <laughs> nice. You can't see, but I'm standing in front of the windows to the Atlantic Sea. Well, the boat's honking at you arms. in celebration. Yeah, you did it. Okay, <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> get out, get out of it, crawl, crawl out of here before the German pilot comes back. Yeah, let's go. Thank you, lads. I feel bad for tricking you in such an underhand fashion. Nah, that's the name of the game, baby. <laughs> well, the name of the game is Cavern of Lies. Cavern but of it could Lies, be tricking in an underhand fashion. <laughs> Uh, all that remains this week is to make recommendations because every week we recommend something that is not a video game. Uh, Matthew, what have you got to recommend this week? Oh, There's an embarrassment of riches. Apple TV's got like a thousand good shows. Well, three. It's got three good shows at the moment. Um, I'm going to go with uh, a show on Apple TV called Pachinko, which is okay. the adaptation of the novel uh, by a Korean author. I cannot remember the author's name, so apologies. But it basically follows the fates of a Korean family over basically the last century. So it sort of it sort of starts in um, when Korea is occupied by Japan, 
and sort of jumps towards modern day with like the ancestors of those characters. And it's all tied together by a pachinko parlor, which is past, you know, it's like the family business. Just really cool cast, like, you know, really cool cast of Korean actors. Um, incredibly expensive, luxurious looking TV, which I really like. And a really good opening title sequence where all the cast dance in the pachinko parlor to some really cool music. Yeah, I just, I love it. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Very good. Uh, I'm going to recommend VesselFinder.com. You can get an an app for it as well. Don't don't laugh. There's a boat. I literally, there is a large boat coming in right now, coming around. It'll be, it'll be about five minutes and then it'll come right past my window. It's an app, but it's also a free website and it allows you to see ships and where they are and where they're going and what kind of ship they were, where they're from, uh, what they've been doing over the last few months, when they were built, what they do. Um, really good. And uh, it's that one, you know, when the, ever get, the ship got stuck in the Suez Canal, that was what people were using to point out how many ships were like stuck and all that kind right. of stuff. So vesselfinder.com. Uh Nate, what are you going to recommend this week? Uh don't don't volunteer to foster chicks. It will scar you. Okay. Avoid I'm writing it down. Avoid chicks. Thank you. Uh thank you very much for joining us for this episode 181 of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast. Uh the best mums in games special. I didn't check in on Henry Cavill this week. I completely forgot. We'll check in with Henry Cavill next week. Um, I did mention him, so we're cool. We said he so shut out cool. medallions, so that wasn't great. <laughs> Just told, said a fact about Henry Cavill. Uh, join us again uh, this time next week when we will have a new theme, uh, which we haven't come up with yet, so that's exciting. Um, you can uh, find Rock Paper Shotgun on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Just search Rock Paper Shotgun and we will pop up. But for all your PC gaming needs, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. Dot com. But for now, it's goodbye from me, Alice Bell. It's goodbye. <laughs> it's, good... it's goodbye from Mother Brain. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> and it's goodbye from Sados. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. Bye.